Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We went and purchased food and, you know, we purchased a lot that we don't have to go back out in the snow. And we decided to stay home. So my husband was making calls to the people in the community, our church members, and making sure everyone was good. And then from that point, we were laying in the bed, getting ready for our Netflix show. And then something clicked my heart and it was like, open up the doors of this church. And it's thanks to that decision that over 150 people were able to survive a historic winter storm that hit Buffalo, New York, just before Christmas time. We're joined today by Vivian and Elle Robinson. Vivian is the co-pastor and Elle is the senior pastor of Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry in Buffalo. Today on Connections, they're going to share their decision behind opening up their church. They're also going to talk about what it was like to experience that snowstorm. They'll also chat about the new family that they've gained from this experience. Vivian and L. Robinson are our guests today. They are the senior pastor and co-pastor of Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry. So uh, husband and wife pastor duo from uh, Buffalo, New York area. And recently you made headlines for all the right reasons. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But help us Canadian prairie folk get to know you first. Tell us a little bit about your ministry, how you two met, stuff like that. Well, second of all, I am the owner of Laura Cafe. We are a smoke barbecue spot here in Buffalo. We put barbecue on the map in 2020 in Business Insider Yelp of having the best barbecue in the entire state of New York. So outside of being a pastor, I'm huh. also a you know restaurant owner my husband and I (laughs) (laughs) my husband and I met in 2001 right yes yes we worked in collections together he was my trainer and from that point you know he basically we started chatting and chewing as we would say and then I had made him a basket and in that basket, in a picnic basket, was smothered um, steak with gravy and mashed potatoes. So a way to a man's heart was through his stomach. And from that day <laughs> when I fed him, he said, this is the woman I'm going to marry. And I married her. <laughs> I had to hit that knee right away. I got on my knee right away. So how did you go from collections to ministry then? Yeah. yeah you're, you're not, you're not going to believe this, right? So, you know, I... <laughs> forensic anthropologist, uh, interning at the sheriff's department. And then uh, I wanted to go into uh, physics and quantum field theory, uh, neuroscience. And so I I was educated in that. Uh, And then I couldn't find a job anywhere. So I I went to the financial institutions and and we found jobs in in collections. And and I I was stuck there for about 20 years. And uh, just as I was trying to get out, uh, I was called and and, and asked to help a, a company. And I went there and I met my wife, and and from that point forward, uh, we started having Bible study together. Uh, the Lord pricked our hearts, and we're starting to have Bible study together. She was already adamantly going to a church and uh, doing well. She was going for seven days a week, and uh, you know, I, I immediately said, "Why well, you have to go for all seven days?" You know, and uh, and over time, uh, we started uh, carrying some of those responsibilities to our home, and we started having Bible study in our home, and. When it reached 35 people, uh, we decided to buy a building. Uh, and 
once we made that decision, the, the Lord kind of accelerated things for us, uh, whereby we sold our house right, right across from the Peace Bridge, literally. It's right there uh, on Porter Avenue. We sold our house uh, and we paid cash for this church uh, along with the school campus and all the other uh, you know, annex buildings that are here. And we had thought we were going to be opening up a, a restaurant in the church. And, and yeah, we thought in 2010, we thought we were going to be opening up a restaurant uh, and converting the church to a restaurant. But the Lord says, um, nope. you know, no, that's that. No, that's not why I gave you that money. That's not why I gave you your health. And that's not why I gave you everything you have. I want you to do my will. And and we bought this building in Lovejoy. And I knew nothing about uh, being a pastor. So I went to seminary, uh, Greater Refuge Temple Institute uh, for two years. And uh, I was ordained as a pastor, and my wife was catapulted as a first lady. I mean, that's the long story short. <laughs> I love that story. That's so amazing. And I love that you sold your own house to buy a church. Like, I sold my house, and then I, you know, bought some new golf clubs, and we took a trip. <laughs> and <laughs> so we purchased this building, and on top of that, we have a blended family. So we have like nine children. Or nine children and now eight grandchildren. And so wow. needless, even though we, even though that story sounds good, but we were homeless because in that transition, in that transition, we couldn't find a home to accommodate a large family and a dog. So we had to stay at friends' homes and then another friend's home. So we had moved into this building with no bedroom so we basically had to we converted classrooms into an apartment uh so it, it started out with sheets and okay. chalkboards as separating walls for our bedrooms uh and it was it was a it was a difficult time uh then make no mistake about it but god then provided the builders and the people and they came and now we have this beautiful uh uh 2200 square foot four bedroom apartment and built right on campus and it's it's absolutely gorgeous uh that god did this for us and when my husband said when we sold our um homes and we sold our two trucks we didn't even have enough money to even get the lights turned on here we didn't realize that owning a building that you had to have a security deposit a big one to the lights, <laughs> turn on the lights and the gas so it was basically a humbling experience because the Lord pricked our hearts and said, this is what I want you guys to do. And we went and did it, yeah. you know, without any hesitation and without grumbling or mumbling or complaining. And that is called Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry. Tell us about this ministry. Tell us about your church. Our church is located in Lovejoy. Uh, it's, it's like a subdivision, like a little village within Not the city of Buffalo. And we have a non-denominational church. Um, we, we, we didn't want... Uh, we didn't want the Bible colored. Uh, we, we wanted just the word of God to remain the word of God. The book of Romans is the book of Romans. The book of Genesis is the book of Genesis. And there is no book of opinion. So we wanted to make sure that we're delivering the word of God. Is, is that is something to, to us that we're, we're very obedient and you know fearful. We, we don't want to deliver information that, that isn't true. Uh, so we're a non-denominational church. We open up in an all-white community. As you know, my wife and I are, are, are not all white. Uh, so we opened up in an all-white community, and it was very difficult uh, to come into a community to be black pastors in an all-white community. Uh, but 
the, the Lord made that happen. Uh, and, and we had uh, shot up uh, as far as um, notoriety and, and popularity as a church that preaches the word of God and only the word of God. And so we have a, a congregation of people that looks like what heaven should look like now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, everybody, it's super diverse, uh, and they're all believers in the word of God. They're, you know, they all believe, uh, and they're Christ-centric. I love that. And I feel like, you know, not to make light of those difficulties you had in starting the ministry, right, and not having a place for you and your large family, but for me, an outsider, looking at that story now, I can see how God was preparing you to do pretty amazing things, not only you know, on the every day to day, weekly Sunday worship gatherings and things like that, but uh, for the big events that New York faced just before Christmas time and that big blizzard, because you go from finding room for nine people in your family to suddenly over 150 people helping mm-hmm. out in a catastrophic snowstorm. Uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about the snowstorm itself that Buffalo, New York experienced at Christmas time there. You know, the, the snowstorm, we're used to snow, as you guys are. Yeah. We're used to snow. Mm-hmm. We're, the weekend, we're used to getting four, six feet of snow. Uh, our, our, you know, the people that come along and remove the snow, our truck drivers, these guys are fantastic people. They're on point. The city of Buffalo is just always doing a great job in removing the snow. But this day, there was zero visibility, 70 to 80 mile per hour winds, shotgun effect coming up Lake Erie, just dumping on the city of Buffalo. The snow hurt your face when you were outside, and you wow. could not see beyond your nose. Uh, you just simply could not see beyond your nose. Just to walk in the snow was laborious in that you had to lift your leg out of four feet of snow and then sink it into another four feet of snow. And so just walking 10 feet took forever, and the wind is blowing on you. You're freezing. Razors of, of ice are hitting your face, and your eyelids want to freeze shut. Your lips go numb. It was just terrible. It was, it was a catastrophic storm, like you said. It's something that I've never seen, and I've endured uh, the blizzard of 77. I remember looking at, uh, the yeah, the pictures of, like, the football stadium and stuff. I just could not believe what I was witnessing. I'm a Canadian prairie boy. Like, I've witnessed a lot of snowstorms, too, but uh, this really was something else. And unfortunately, like, it was... It was very serious, too. Like, there were dozens of people that actually lost their lives because of this snowstorm, weren't there? Yeah. People didn't know the severity of it. They thought it was just an average and normal snow um, weekend here in Buffalo. This snow stopped you in your tracks. And when my husband, you know, my mom is 76 years old, and we were trying to get to her. We couldn't make it to her. When we were driving, we were on the opposite side of the street because we know our neighborhood. So we thought we were going in the right direction, but it was totally off. We were totally off track, and we were wow. afraid that we were going to hit a, a vehicle or hit a person. So we decided to go around, find our way back home around the corner, and we parked our vehicles, and we stayed at home because we could. I couldn't even get to my mom, who was on the other side of the town, and that's how bad it really was. It was disorientating. Just to stand outside walk out of your door, walk 10 feet, you were disorientated immediately. You didn't know which way to turn because it was bright white in all directions. You, you couldn't even follow your own footsteps because the wind blew those away. It was incredibly confusing and disorientating. And for those who don't know, like lake effect snow is a whole nother level of snow. It just doesn't, it doesn't stop and it is thick. And like you said, you, you can't see through that stuff. That isn't just a typical little snowstorm. That is 
snow nonstop and big, fluffy, fluffy white snow falling from the sky. They call it a bomb cyclone. You guys decided to stay put. You stayed at the church. You opened up your doors to the people of New York. What happened from there? My husband and I, like, when, first of all, he said, let's go to the grocery store. My husband hates going to the store. So <laughs> I up with let's go to the grocery store. I went in my pajamas with a long coat on because he said, let's go to the store. So we went and purchased food and, you know, we purchased a lot that we don't have to go back out in the snow. And we decided to stay home. So my husband was making calls to the people in the community, our church members, and making sure everyone was good. And then from that point, we were laying in the bed, getting ready for our next show. And then something pricked my heart, and it was like, open up the doors of this church. So I told my husband, I said, honey, we have to open up the doors to the church. And from that point, we just thought, you know, it's basically, it was like, okay, so what we're going to do, you know, we thought we didn't know if we were going to receive phone calls or not. And needless to say, what happened? We lost electricity. The neighborhood lost electricity. Literally, the entire east side of Buffalo was was just decimated in this storm. And now we're going to lose juice. Uh, so we lose electricity. Temperatures are plummeting. Wind is swirling, sucking all the energy out of these old houses. You know, if people are starting to get, get scared because their temperatures are in the lower 40s, upper 30s, and then they start sinking down even further. People are getting cold using their stoves to try to keep warm, and it's just not enough. And, and then the phone calls started coming in. Uh, we, our first family, my wife this, that, that actually came, was a pregnant woman from Dunkirk with her, uh, with her uh, significant other. And we had uh, accommodated them. We had one of our Bible study rooms. My wife made some blow-up mattresses and, and got a bunch of mattresses that we use for yoga and whatever else and brought it in here. And, and the people were laying on it. She, she had all these pillows and sheets from, I mean, a decade of, of doing this for small families. She had an incredible amount of pillows and sheets that were already clean, sanitized, and stored. She bro- broke all those out and uh, started making people feel comfortable. And, and then that's when the first big wave of people came. Uh, there was a gentleman that came with his uh, wife. And uh, my wife better, better will tell you the story because the, 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 they came here, but they were stranded and they made phone calls to their family to come get them. And then they got stranded and they called other people and then they got stranded. So these <laughs> families were coming. They were coming in left to right. This one lady came in. She had blisters around her ankles and from that time like third degree burns like the snow froze it to look like third degree burns was terrible and then we had another man came in he was a heavy set guy and his beard on the snow was frozen to his beard and his clothes was just had just snow and was stuck to his body he was in so much pain he i gave him a blanket he wrapped himself up in a blanket just to avoid me seeing him weep and as the people started coming in you can see the fear that they thought they were going to die the men were crying the people were crying because they were out here for 18 19 20 hours didn't have any direction. We have truck drivers coming in 
from um, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, with no direction. This snow stopped you in your track. If you were not in the house, you were going to be stranded and you were going to either live or you're going to die on that day. And when I send out that text message, when I put that post on Facebook, it was shared over 1,700 times. And people were calling, crying, and concerned about their families. If I missed a voicemail, I would return that call to find out what's going on with the families. And as the families were coming in, we had children without their parents, and the parents were even stuck at work. And we had senior citizens coming in. And it was like people with heart problems coming in and I had to contact my niece to find out because she's an LPN to create a triage to help him. And then we had people that was on oxygen that had 30 minutes to live. And I don't have experience in that. So it's like we're working, trying to save these lives and I'm crying, they're crying and I'm trying to stay strong. And and it was so much going on because we didn't have our staff here. So it was just my wife and I and more were coming. And they wow. like come in. we took one room when I looked at it, it was like it was full. And then we had to open up the auditorium. The auditorium holds up to 210 people alone. So people were just coming in and I just had to find blankets, find pillows, um, find ways to make sure these people were comforted. And then I had a senior who was 84 years old. She wanted to take a shower. I had to get my son who works out to lift her up, place her on the toilet. Then from that point, I had to put her in the shower, give her a shower and wash her hair and, and put lotion on her. So the extent of the work we had to do on top of cooking breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks, it was like you're constantly, constantly moving to keep people alive, keep people encouraged, keep people alert on the things and feed them. So People say, oh, these people are heroes. No, the Lord is the hero. He just allowed us to be available. And when they said, let thy will be done, we allow the Lord's will to be done in our lives. And, And we went through any measure to make sure each and every last one of these people were taken care of, were loved, and encouraged them that you will not die on this day. I, I just have this uh I just have this picture of like Jesus clapping his hands and like this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Like way to go, right? And it must have felt like a five loaves and two fish kind of deal, right? Like you're horribly underprepared for all these people showing up, yet the Lord worked through the midst of it and it all got taken care of. Yeah. That, that was a post actually on my Facebook. What, oh no what I can do with two loaves and five fish. Yeah. It was it, it was it was crazy. Uh, honestly, it, it really felt like the Lord endowed us at that time with gifts of the Spirit that we never had before. And if we did have them before, it was, it was like on levels of magnitude, uh, uh-huh. and it was incredible. So, so it was cool. I mean, administration, the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, love. All those gifts, all those gifts just came all out at once. Discernment, like w- there was a, a lady that, that – uh, hit me up on messenger and she said, listen, you know, my house is 32 degrees. Uh, um, I just survived cancer. Uh, I can't use my legs. I'm unable to walk. And meanwhile, we have already dispatched four snowmobiles to pull all these people from these frozen homes. Uh, and so th- they were all dispersed. 
This lady's two and a half blocks away, and uh, she calls me on Messenger, and she says, please don't let me die. And, I, mm-hmm. and now I, I just got done looking at a picture of a man face down in a snowdrift frozen uh, on Bailey and Kensington Avenue and how, how, how the warnings were do not go outside. And I looked at my wife and my wife looked at me and, and she knew and I knew that I was left with no choice but to go get this woman. And so I walked. Now, I broke my back in 2015. How I got to this woman's house and carried this woman <laughs> all the way back to the church is, is like beyond my scope of understanding. I mean, the neuroscience, the physiology, the anatomy, uh, all of these things just were suspended. And I was able to carry this woman back to the church and and she was able to survive it was absolutely incredible love it god shows up in the most amazing ways yeah (laughs) yeah he did in total you helped over 154 people survive that horrible storm what was the response like from some of these people because there were some people that just wandered in not knowing and just were blessed that you had your doors open and your lights on. What was the reaction when these people were walking in? The reaction were that when they came in, you can see the tears in their eyes. They embraced me and I embraced them. They, I mean, literally, they all came and said, I thought I was going to die. I thought my children and I were going to die. I thought I was going to die in this truck. A lady, a, da- a daughter contacted me, and I, ha- I saved the voice message and everything from everyone that contacted me. And one of the um, voice messages was, my mother and my brother is stuck on William and Ogden, and he is a diabetic, and he needs help. The mother contacted me yesterday, and she said, you know, she was in tears, and we, and I, and I got emotional all over again yesterday. and. And I'm feeling emotional now that when she contacted me, she said, I just want to take the time to thank you because you sent blankets. And I don't remember doing it. All I know, I sent a message out there. And I know my mind was just working on so many people. You send a blanket. You send hot water. You send things for us. And I don't know how to thank you enough. My son lay down and said, Mom. Mom, I love you. And he went into a coma. And she said, I just want to call and thank you because I thought my son was going to die in my arms and I was not going to be able to help him. He said, but you guys sent help. You sent help for us. And they said it came from your church. And I just want to let you know that my son went to the hospital in critical condition and my son and I our lives today. And I just want to thank you because you took the time to call us back to let and send help to us. And I didn't remember, all I remember is that I talked to them and I did not want any of these voice messages. I didn't want one of these calls to go by without me me not answering their call. And I remember talking to the daughter and I remember her being so afraid of losing her mom and her brother and and things went so quickly and into action, and the son and the mother is alive today to tell the just, story. Just imagine that. Just imagine you're sitting in a car. The temperature is negative 24 degrees wind chill. Your son is diabetic and need of dialysis, mm-hmm. and he his temperature is dropping, and there is nothing that can be done. And then your son looks at you and say, Mom, I just want you to know that I love you. I have always loved you. 
and I'm not going to make it. Wow. Just imagine that. <clears throat> You're looking into your side. And he's looking at you with tears saying how much he loves you. Good God. What, I don't even know. Like, what do you do with all this in the in the weeks since this has all happened? How have you made sense of everything that you folks experienced and God did uh, did through you and your ministry? Honestly, we're just a, a small church. We love the Lord. We 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 we. Our motto is Jesus on blast, and uh, we have a ah, huge mural. I love it. Jesus on blast. And we're just, we love to show the love and light of Christ because he shows it to us every day. You know, uh, every one of those nights, my wife and I held hands and we prayed uh, that, that n- not one person would be left on the outside of that door frozen. And so, so the, the, the door got broken to make sure it didn't shut and that people could just come inside the church. Uh, and it was just like a big Mecca where people knew to come, come to the water, come to the well, come to the, come to the church, because here there is life and life more abundantly. On Christmas Day, I think the biggest possible miracle had had occurred. On Christmas Day, we had six different ethnicities here, from Arabic to Nigerian to Polish to uh, uh, Hispanic, all these different languages. And on that day, we had such a feast from different areas of the world that, that we celebrated for Christmas. 30 kids running around, not even caring that. It was uh, Christmas Day, but they're celebrating the fact that they're alive. My wife had set up an Xbox One station where they're big screen TV and they're playing Xbox and the kids are playing foosball and, you know, all the stuff you have at a church for the kids. And, and it, yes, it was just it was incredible. But the, the life, the energy from the life that was in this church then versus the grip of death that Satan had planned was incredible. Mm-hmm ineffable yeah. there's no way to communicate the, the greatness of how god is at that moment in my in time it's it's it's, it's not cross-referenceable against anything else that i've ever experienced what's great leave they were like i mean they were like no i don't want to leave i want to stay and we unwrapped for them instead of them unwrapping presents they unwrap Jesus. They un- we unwrap love. We unwrap hope. We unwrap everything according to the word of God. And that was the best and perfect gift that those children received on that day. And what's great is if you look at all the pictures that you guys have online, it's people, like you said, from all different walks of life. You'd never, ever know um, that they were in the middle of a a dire situation, an emergency situation. Now I've got one question, one last question. Did you gain any extra members from this? We gained an entire family. What do you mean? <laughs> members? Gained, uh, another huge family. I mean, these people are coming to church and these people are, nice. are giving their testimony and, and they're thankful. They're, they're, they're filled with gratitude. You know, it, it's, it's incredible that, that they're, they're, their outlook on life is that they know that it was Vivian and Al that saved them. They know that God saved them. God sent the yeah. angels on the, the snowmobiles to extract them from their freezing homes and bring them to the church. And it was God's angels that supplied them with the food and the soul food my wife had cooked up and all, all this stuff. I mean, it was literally five loaves and, and two fish. It was, it was crazy how my wife took just, I think, like 30 eggs and fed all these people because she made quiches and and it was just 
I was, I didn't, and we had leftovers. I mean, it was incredible. Ah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is bit. That's total biblical, man. I love that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm messaging my wife right now. We're going to commute to Buffalo for weekends for barbecue and church and then come back to the prairies. <laughs> uh, we are running out of time. I was messaging Colleen like we could talk for two hours <laughs> to you both um, so that people can hear more about you and, and you know, see what you're up to. Um, where can we go to find out more about your church or listen to your sermons or maybe have a podcast, anything like that? Tell us how we can find you and stay in touch with you. We have uh, a website called JesusOnBlast.com. I love it. JesusOnBlast.com. And we also have Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry on Facebook. Uh, So they can communicate to us on our Facebook. We also, my wife and I have our own Facebook, Vivian Robinson and Pastor Al Robinson on Facebook. uh, So they can reach out to us on Messenger. We're the only ones in Buffalo. Uh, It's Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry, not Spirit of Truth Ministry. Uh, There is a Spirit of Truth but they are not in any way affiliated with us. Uh, we are urban ministry, and so we're in the we're in the trenches. That that word urban uh, means that we're in the dirt, we're in the trenches, we're in the city, we're on the Lower East Side, reaching out to God's children. We're in Lovejoy, on the streets of Gold. Our street is one fifteen Gold, and our parking lot is on Daisy Street, which is in the back. Represents David, represents <laughs> the streets of Gold, and we're in love when we got gold. Yes, thank you so much for making time for us this was such a great conversation and uh, we look forward to chatting with you again in the future absolutely God bless you and thank you guys and it's been a blessing just speaking with you guys as well remember all things us. work together for the love the lord and are called according to his purpose love god yes they love, do love god. love god love people Love it. Thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.